Good morning, everybody. <laughs> I'm just curious how many people in here are participating in the beginner's class, but I think it's over now, right? How, is there anyone here that was participating then? Oh, great, great. Welcome. I thought I saw a lot of faces that I don't recognize, so just curious on what are you doing here? <laughs> okay, you can stay. <laughs> um, as some of you know, Alistair and I, this is my husband, Alistair, uh, he and I traveled with Lungpurpasano uh, for a month recently during the beginning of summer, spring actually. And um, as I'm prone to do, I started off with Lungpurpasano with, you know, some a question about Dhamma in my personal practice. And he gave me three instructions of which one I will share with you. Um, we'll, <clears throat> for to focus on uh, my any to focus on a, not just my habit, but we all do this uh, taking a position. And this is um, you know, part of the arising of me, 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 my, 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 you, 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 <laughs> taking a position in our environment. And um, it was very interesting to go through this. Uh, it's one of the advantages of being drawing near the monastics is the kind of guidance you can get. Um, so by the end of our vacation together, it had morphed into, I was, it was unexpected for me what it morphed into, and it became a an internal reflection as opposed to uh, outward. So it was easy for me at the beginning to recognize where I try to take a position with my outward environment, what it means about me, what they just said, what does it mean about me, how they're responding, what does it mean about me? Yeah, that was easy, easy to see, but then I, with his instruction, as I only checked in with him a couple of times because we were on vacation, but I also wanted to take advantage of the opportunity. <laughs> so uh, checked in with him again, and he steered me toward paying attention to how I take a position internally as a, you know, so yes, okay, you get this one down uh, externally and whatnot. And it, and, and so I started to reflect on this and where all of this led me was the habitual nonstop habit of proliferation recognizing when rather than being in the moment of the experiences within and without, I mean, outward and within my experiences, 
rather than being in the present and experiencing what is going on, I would start to create stories about it, about what it meant about me. You know, well, what does he mean when he says that? Am I doing good? Am I doing bad? Self-referencing. You know, so begin to proliferate. It's a proliferation. Oftentimes, most of the time would be about me trying to take a position. I want him, I want to succeed. I want to be a good student. I want to get this right. I want to prove to him that I get it right. <laughs> That's really kind of obnoxious. <laughs> At least when I'm doing it. <laughs> I don't know about you, but. <laughs> oh, poor, I know I said I wouldn't bother you, but did I get it right? <laughs> Anyway, something just went through my mind, which I will not share. <laughs> Did distract me. But anyway, um, recognizing how often our proliferation is about, and because I was focused on this particular element, recognizing how often my proliferating would be about me trying to take a position, you know. So all that to say, I'm trying to lead up to a teaching I want to read. It's, it's very short, a little piece of it from Lung Porpasano. But I wanted to couch this because uh, this particular teaching, I just read it this morning. And I noticed in reading it, I was starting to take a position. You know, it's, it's like, oh, yeah. And how I was doing that was actually projecting it outside of myself. You know, so instead of thinking, huh, how do I how do I do this internally? I started thinking, how does that person do it? You know, oh, yeah, that they don't get this piece yet. <laughs> you know, it's it's all just karma, it's habit, it's really beneficial to see. There's nothing, we don't have to put ourselves down for it. We don't have to exalt another person for it. We just want to see because it's all based in delusion. We want to see what's not our experience in the present moment. And when we see that, we want to understand it. We'll see it because it doesn't feel quite right. Something's off. Something's really uncomfortable right now. Oftentimes what we do is we look around in our environment and think, what are they doing that's making me uncomfortable? As opposed to, what am I doing that's making me uncomfortable? And what I found with this teaching with Longporpasano is I was proliferating about a present experience that was uncomfortable, as opposed to, you know, I'm trying to figure out what, 
in my environment is making me uncomfortable. Why didn't he say, I'm doing a good job? Because I am. You know, is there any sense of self in there? I'm not. <laughs> That's all it is. That's not a bad thing. It's a very fortunate thing if we can see it and not self-reference again about it. Don't start proliferating about, oh, I see this habit. Here's the karma. That's all it is. It's a habit, which means, and it, it arises. It's our karma. Here's the experience. That's suffering. What's the way out? What is the way out? To sit with it, to be patient with it, and to understand it's our own responsibility that we're suffering. I'm not aligned with the present moment right now. I'm, oh, I'm proliferating around what this person does, what, what I always do. Oh, there I go again. Kind of, you know, oh, there I go again, damn it. I, I, I wish I was better at this. I'm never going to get there. All that proliferation, all that delusion has nothing to do with the present moment. What does? Oh, I'm suffering. Okay. Why are you suffering? I'm proliferating. I'm trying to position myself. I should be better than this. Oh, okay. That's proliferation. Stop it. Don't pick it up. Don't reject it, but don't believe it has anything to do with who and what you actually are. It's just a habit. That's all it is. It's just a habit. And we can build a more wholesome habit that leads away from the habit of putting ourselves down, ill will, judging others you know, um, putting ourselves on a pedestal because, or wanting Lungpur Pasano to put me on a pedestal. <laughs> you don't want that because it'll get knocked down really fast <laughs> and it won't feel good. <laughs> I speak from experience. <laughs> so anyway, I want to read this little bit in here by Lungpurpasano. This was a piece, this was a, a bit of teaching from a meta retreat that Ajahn Pasano gave, and I was there for this retreat in 2010. So this book, uh, Abundant, Exalted, and Measurable. Do you know if we have any downstairs? It's an old book, it's an old one. We might have some downstairs probably the only all-white book uh, that's down there. But it's all about, it. the whole thing is a transcription of the Attende Meta Retreat. Um, so I want, before I read this, I want to encourage you to pay attention. Don't put yourself down as you pay attention to see if at any point your mind takes these teachings and go, oh yeah, that's what they do. You know, watch, and then come back. What do I do? Let's 
because that's where we can change things is internally you know would rather than what do they do and how do i change them it's what am i doing and how do i what do i need to change let go of when we see that when we bring to light the unwholesome habits and again that isn't a judgment unwholesome but it's a reality if we can see it as a reality usually it'll just be dropped because we recognize i don't want to feel this i don't want this it's like walking along seeing dog poop and picking it up it's like no don't pick it up you see it but you don't have to pick it up meaning you don't have to refer it to yourself back as who and what i am i should be better than this i should be worse than that you know i need to i need to do this it's a just see it experience it feel it that stinks i'm going to walk away so the buddha says that the fundamental teaching is that all dhammas are not to be clung to when you don't cling to things, you're not building the momentum of habits and attachments. When you are not building that momentum of habits and attachments, you are not creating a sense of being sustained by them. When you are not being sustained by all those habit patterns, then you can dwell free and unsustained within the world and the, and the body-mind complex. It's a wonderful teaching. It's very, very direct. As we reflect and investigate, we see how views, attachments to a sense of self, our sense of what we think is right and wrong, how things should and shouldn't be, are endlessly frustrating, agitating, and a source of dukkha. The Buddha's perspective is not that we are trying to wipe it all out and annihilate it, but rather that we are trying to understand the reason why we take a position or view. We are seeing the dynamic of that movement of mind, and that has, uh, we are seeing a dynamic of that movement of mind that has to have a position of I am, I am right, I am wrong, I am good, I am not good, I am correct, I'm wrong again, all the positions that we take. The word conceit in Buddhism has, to, has a whole level of meaning different from the way we normally use it in the English language. According to the teachings, there are nine different bases of conceit. One, being inferior and assuming oneself to be inferior. Two, being inferior and assuming oneself to be equal. Three, being inferior and assuming oneself to be superior. Four, being equal and assuming oneself to be inferior. Five, being equal and assuming oneself to be equal. Six, being equal and assuming oneself to be superior. Seven, being superior and assuming oneself to be inferior. Eight, 
being superior and assuming oneself to be equal. Nine, being superior and assuming oneself to be superior. All of that is a basis of conceit. This is the act of trying to take a position all of the time. You realize all of that is suffering. Trying to figure out who am I, where am I, in this realm of relating to myself and the world around me and in comparison to others. As soon as you go there, you're trapped. So again, bring it back to kindness, metta. May I abide in well-being. May all beings abide in well-being. That is as a much safer position, being able to drop and set aside all that I-making and my-making. This is I-making and my-making is constantly being constructed. It isn't as if I, me, and mind is related to an actual fixed entity. This is something we are doing all of the time that is made really clear in the Pali words, anakara and mamakara. Kara is the verb to do and I doing and my doing. We are doing it and creating it, although it's that it's like the sorcerer's apprentice in Walt Disney's Fantasia. The apprentice ends up with a lot of complications and far more than he bargained for. The teachings of the Buddha give us the tools to be able to allow that uh, to be let go of, to put it down, to be dropped. Of course, that is a doing as well, but part of the practice is the craft of placing it is the craft of placing attention. We need to we need to be doing something on a certain level. We are doing something all of the time. It's just the nature of the body and the mind. But we can put attention on the act of relinquishment, the act of kindness. Those are very conscious acts that reap the fruits of well-being and peace. We need to remind ourselves to do this. One should sustain this recollection. It's reminding ourselves and recollecting mindful application. As we relinquish, not holding to fixed views, the pure-hearted one, having clarity of vision, being freed from all sense desires is not born again into this world. Somebody who is freed from all sense desires is not born again into this world. The path to peace. This is one little exercise we can take on to recognize a portion of that path to peace and really feel it, feel ourselves unentangled from all that noise that we create in our head that's about me, mine, you know, what I want, what I don't want, how it should be, how you should be. If we can recognize how those words, as they arise in our minds, stir up a habit of proliferation to take a position, 
how this makes us suffer. When we recognize this and let it go, if we really recognize it, it will just fall away. And in its place is a sense of peace. Peace with the presence as it is. Whether or not we're with somebody who's unskillful, whether or not we're with somebody who's very skillful, will be anchored in a place of peace because we're in the present and not running off in our proliferations. Is this making any sense to anybody? Yeah. I, I like the big smile. <laughs> and I like your jacket. <laughs> So anyway, with that, thank you very much for your attention. It's lovely to be with you uh, today. And I'd like to give Jessica a chance if you'd like to offer any words of wisdom. <laughs> words for sure. <laughs> wisdom. I was on a live stream, I was watching a live stream this morning that Ajahn Suchito was doing as part of this. Longpur Suchito was doing as part of this uh, sort of series of live streams that are um, running throughout this three-month Vasa period that monks are in right now. It's a three-month retreat period. And uh, he was talking about entanglement mental entanglement. His topic was dependent co-arising. Um, I guess he's going to talk about that for a few few weeks running. Uh, but he started with this image of a skein of yarn. And uh, I don't knit. I tried. <laughs> but I don't knit. But to me, yeah, it was sore. <laughs> To me, when I see though a skein, a skein of yarn, it always looks really beautiful and organized, you know. And so I would get uh, get yarn, you know, from a friend or from just a, as a gift, or I bought a couple of skeins. I think that is that the right word. You knitters, okay? I don't know. <laughs> it's a tangle of yarn, <laughs> and um, it always looked really beautiful and organized, uh, but somehow. <laughs> Every time I went to pull the string out, it would just be a knot. It would just be in a tangle. It was I couldn't figure out how to keep. It was a beautiful kind of, um, you know, a maple donut shape. <laughs> and still get the yarn out. And you know, I I really uh, did appreciate the the visual uh, because what can look really beautiful and organized from the outside can actually just be a bunch of knots. <laughs> <laughs> At least you know, for me, and um, I think for for most people, you know, it's. Um, like Sakula was saying, we bring our our past conditions and our karma into every moment. And that past conditioning and karma uh, is all of these tangles, you know. And what 
one might see on the outside doesn't necessarily what's happening in the middle and what's happening underneath. And uh, so my practice, you know, lately has been um, to really check, really, really check my assumptions. I'm trying to do that all the time. What do I think about the situation? That may not be true because I only see one piece of it. You know, I see this beautiful kind of organized, um, you know, being or person or building or um, set of conditions or situation, uh, but really have no idea (laughs) what is underneath. I don't know. You can't know anyone's past conditioning and karma and what's brought them to this moment. I remember asking Ajahn Sedanto years ago, I was so tired of always comparing myself to other people and that was a really strong habit of mine. It was really frustrating and uh, made me sad <laughs> all the time. Uh, jealousy and all that. And of course, you know, I said, so just tell me what to do. <laughs> You know, but have a mercy because I'm going to do whatever you say. (laughs) And he said, well, anytime you have a thought that compares yourself to uh, someone else, just say, this is complete delusion. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know enough about, you know, the other person, much less yourself, to make a good, (laughs) to make a useful uh, comparison here. And I did, I did that. You know, that's complete delusion. <laughs> I don't know enough about them or myself because we don't have a good, I think we don't always have a good sense of what we're bringing into a situation either. It takes a long time to be aware of that, to be aware of what's at play in every word and response and reaction and approach. Um, so, yeah, so I did that and <clears throat> it was... Uh, was really fruitful, actually, very fruitful. But the, you know, this teaching on the conceits has, I've actually never, I haven't heard them, well, I read that book, but I guess I didn't remember, I hadn't heard them sort of in the nine aspects. Yeah, I didn't remember that either. And of course, you know, you're reading them, and I was like, of course, like, it's it's airtight, you can't try to get out of that one. (laughs) Wait, am I... It might do. I think I'm inferior, but I'm acting, you know, uh, superior, but I'm actually equal. You know, we just, this, it really laid out the, the big knot <laughs> uh, that we can get ourselves into. Um, so that, that reflection on the conceits, I thought of them as three conceits uh, in the past, has been really useful to me. Um, thinking I'm, uh, you know, inferior or less than, thinking I'm superior or more than, thinking I'm equal. <laughs> it's, you can't, we can't actually uh, find a position if we don't grab any of those things. And it's just an, it's an interesting um, and I think uh, extremely fruitful investigation.